Now, for something completely different, from east of the Rockies, here's Brian Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all sexes, and especially those of you who have had it up to here with the continual gobsmacking actions of our weaponized government, which in itself is something completely different, but becoming more and more prevalent throughout society. Now, if you're one of the incurable news addicts we've come to know and love, you may have noticed the marked increase in articles and podcasts sounding the concern and alarm about what's happening to our country, specifically the over-the-top actions of government and government agencies. Too many of such pieces do a decent job in pointing out the problem and reason for concern, and then that's it. Next article, rinse and repeat. Which brings me to the focal point of this pod. I call it inertia in action. Now, don't you just hate rhetorical questions? Don't you just hate repetitive redundancy? I know I do. That's why it pained me to pose these two questions. And yet, they are the most tantalizing, yet pragmatic and thought-provoking way to confront where we are today. On the doorstep to tyranny or annihilation. As to repetitive redundancy, it's kind of like General Custer. We're surrounded by Native Americans, which would be anyone living here, led by their collective leader, Chief Types with Fists. He and his faithfully outraged myrmidons have been pouring articles, memes, commentaries, podcasts, books, documents, ad nauseum, throughout the formerly fruited plain, honoring the great fear porn stars of the last 24 generations. Certainly you recall the infamous Chicken Little, the sky is falling, the little shepherd boy, Wolf, Joe Biden, MAGA Republicans, and how entire civilizations stampeded into their homes and jammed giant Q-tips up their noses, desperately searching for safety and salvation. Well, of course, the elusive SNS twins both moved on, neither one living up to their name, leaving the discombobulated multitudes angry, scared, frustrated, and primed for more to come while singing, we won't get fooled again into their elbows at the top of their outraged lungs. Yeah, well, keep singing. That'll keep you distracted from the task at hand. As to rhetorical questions, either emphatically or by innuendo, each one of the types with fists crowd concludes their ritual rant with little or no reassurance that everything will be okay. A return to normal, complete with flattened curve, is imminent. They rewrite the same indictments, sharing the same forecast of gloom and doom, often with the same words. Outrageous, unacceptable, unconstitutional, illegal, immoral, fattening, and other unexpurgated expectorations, leaving the reader all pissed off and nowhere to go. Uh, author and occasional contributor James Kunstler wrote, not to put too fine a point on it, the shit has already hit the fan. We are where we were going. If you truly believe those 2020 national election results, then this is what you voted for. Feeling buyer's remorse yet? Elsewhere in other articles I've uh, come across, one Justin Smith in the Blue State Conservative wrote, what does one do when one's own federal government is violating the law and destroying national sovereignty and states' rights? In that same publication, my favorite commentary, So What?, appeared there last December. Uh, by the way, uh, to date, no answers have been forthcoming. 
Revisiting Mr. Kunstler, he tagged off that article with, got the feeling that something might be done. Okay, then, what? See, and, and that's what got me thinking about this. Why do so many dogmatic scribblers leave you hanging without even a suggestion of, for a doable solution? It's just like a hundred doctors examine a patient, they agree on a life or death diagnosis, and then refuse to offer a specific treatment. Now, at this juncture, I need to pause here to gently suggest to fellow podcasters, writers, commentators, and so on, who do conclude their comments with selected scripture, you are preaching to the choir. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but not every reader, not every listener is a practicing member. Those of other or no faith may have distinctly different beliefs that neither make them categorically wrong or the choir categorically correct. If the answer lies in the spiritual realm, all these articles of secular outrage are irrelevant and immaterial except for those denominations consistently in agreement with one another. If that is their salvation, so be it. Conversely, if such salvation and comfort were guaranteed, maybe neighbors and colleagues and Sunday drivers wouldn't be quite so testy these days. I think we can all agree the nation's blood pressure is seriously elevated. That seems contradictory to the efficacy of salvation. No offense to anyone who is so comforted. But I digress. If you followed what passes for reason thus far, you should be demanding, well, what's the solution? All right, let's take a look. Number one, do nothing. That's easy enough. Most are doing nothing already. I would include prayer at this point. Number two, vote. Vote November 8th. The big midterm red wave solves everything. What if it doesn't? What if some false flag event provides government at any level the power to dictate unsavory terms for election day? Now, there are a lot of articles by very credible writers, and they're copious and specific with their warnings. The bad guys have already done the necessary rigging to ensure their victory and death grip on the government power. Molly Hemingway's got a great book out called Rigging. Read it. But when is voting permanently resolved any effort to preserve freedom and advance liberty? When has government solved the problems government has created? I think you know the answer. Number three, secession. Do you know enough about what's involved to inspire your support? Most people don't. But there are some good books we'll put as links at the end here to help you make a decision. Number four, revolution. Ah, the big one. Just talking or writing about it can get you some unexpected company at 4 a.m. Guys with guns and badges and handcuffs and a really bad attitude. So, so what? Did the founding dads do anything less? No how-to instruction manuals have been written on this one. You're pretty much on your own if you want to follow along. And finally, number five, everything else. Become an expat. Move to the American Redoubt. Buy a big, comfortable sailing boat, float all over the place. Find Galt's Gulch, breed unicorns. The list is as endless as it is unlikely for us average citizens. Well, there you go. All the alternatives, realistic and otherwise. Pick one that suits your needs, your fantasy, belief system, or skill set. Then get out there and save America. Remember, as Woody Allen presently wrote, more than any other time in history, mankind faces a crossroads. One path leads to despair and other hopelessness, the other to total extinction. Let us pray we have the wisdom to choose correctly. Unquote.
If nothing else, at least you now have an answer for all the what-to-do screeds that you'll see elsewhere. Well, good luck with that. We'll be out there scouring the landscape for solutions, too. If you come across any winners, let me know at brian at brianwilson.net, and I'll do the same right here. Before we pull the plug, let me say thanks to all of you who caught my chat fest with longtime pal James Bovard. In case you didn't notice, it's still available here. If you haven't caught it, for a good time, download it right away. Check out our Facebook page just for fun. And hey, why not post something there that'll piss off the Zuckbots? If you want, we're gluttons for attention. And here's my boilerplate reminder to give serious consideration to giving one or more of my New York Times worst-selling books this holiday season. After all, midterm election celebrations are not that far off. So, for our bus driver, Joe Ted, who's turning semi-pro this week, I shall remain Brian Wilson until we next come up with something completely different. Yank the plug, Joe.